Welcome to episode 73 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. This week, we visit with recently hired EIU football coach, Chris Wilkerson. Wilkerson, a former EIU player and assistant coach, talks about his time playing and coaching for the Panthers, some memories of stops he has had along the way, and what it is like to follow in the footsteps of one of his coaching mentors as the head coach at Eastern Illinois. We are in our second season of EIU Panthers podcast, and you can hear any of our previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Search EIU Panthers podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio podcast. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Visit Consolidated.com today. The first winter championship is currently underway as the EIU men's and women's swim teams are in action at the Summit League Championships in North Dakota. The men's and women's track teams head to Alabama in the middle of next week to compete in the Ohio Valley Conference Indoor Track Championships. The men's and women's basketball team have two weeks remaining in the regular season as both play to try and qualify for the OVC tournament in early March in Evansville. The baseball season opens this week on the road while the softball men's tennis teams continue their spring seasons. To stay up to date on the latest news, scores, schedules, and more, be sure to visit us online at eiupanthers.com, the official athletic website of EIU Athletics. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with football coach Chris Wilkerson. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by newly hired EIU football coach Chris Wilkerson. And coach, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Super excited. First of all, I guess we'll, we'll start with the, the excitement, the emotions that you kind of went through when you were offered the position and to be able to come back to a place where you played at and coached at. Sure. Um, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Um, super, super excitement, a wide range of emotions, uh, emotions, but I think the biggest thing is just being humbled. Um, humbled for the opportunity, humbled for, you know, reestablishing some relationships that I have had for a long, long time and, and just humbled and honored uh, for the opportunity to, to lead our football program. Every day I walk into O'Brien and, and sit at the desk here, um, I still think about uh, the man that um, recruited me here and, and was like a second father to me and Coach Spoo and, and I still have our picture here together and, and there and um, he just, it's really quite humbling and, and I'm just extremely honored, excited um, about the opportunity. Now, some things have changed. We're recording the podcast here. We only do audio, but we're, just to give people a visual, we're in Coach Spoo's office Looks a little bit different than when Coach Fu is in here. The first two things I will say that look different is, one, you have a computer that is turned on. Coach Fu had a computer over there for however many years, and I don't know that he ever turned it on in his life. The second thing is we have a much different wall decoration. Probably when you were here, there was a big black, like a tap panther tapestry on the wall, which is no longer there either. That's right. There is no question. There's some changes. Uh, We've we've evolved a little bit, and and I may be a little more uh, tech than than coach was but uh, no it's uh it's just amazing now you played here at eastern back in, in the mid 90s i guess kind of take us through what your recruiting process was when when you came to eastern and what kind of and this is i'm sure things you're going to be telling the new young men you're trying to recruit what sold you on coming to eastern as a young football player oh sure yeah i know i went through this process 33 34 years ago and and um you know, as I was being recruited, um, a guy named Brock Spack, ironically, um, came to my high school and talked to me about visiting Eastern Illinois University. He was a position coach at a summer camp. 
um, that started the process. And, and basically for me, I had four official visits, but the second that I set foot on campus here in Charleston, I knew that Eastern Illinois University is where I wanted to be. It's where I wanted to continue my education and my football career. Um, and I still remember walking into the old O'Brien Stadium offices and seeing behind um, the couch on the wall, the team picture, and around it, it said the difference is people. And that's the one thing that I would say separates us from any place that I've been from coast to coast, every single level of football, um, the people in, in Charleston, in Coles County, at Eastern Illinois University, the players in the program, the coaches, the support staff, the administration, the faculty, um, it's always been the people here that have been the point of separation. So um, it was about the relationships and, and the people that I met and um, their support over the years. But, you know, that, that when I knew when I came here that I wanted to teach and coach. I just thought it would be high school. And, and as I got closer to the end of my career, Coach Spoo would ask me about coaching college football and had I given it much thought. And I said, no, I was going to finish my student teaching over at Mattoon Junior High School. And Sean and I were getting married in May. And um, we'd be, um, I already had my Illinois uh, licensure examination. I had reciprocity in Indiana for a couple of years. But um, he said, why don't you come over here and, and try? I think you'd have a bright future. And so lo and behold, here we are 28 years later, and I haven't done anything other than coach college football. Um, seven years here and certainly went to California out east back to the Midwest and so excited to be back. Now you talk about coach Brock's back who's the head coach at Illinois State you guys will get to go head-to-head later on uh, in the 2022 season in the Mid-America Classic. Some other names that or household names from from people's standpoint touched your lives when you were a a coach here or a player here as well as Randy Melvin a, a standout player here and a coach he was your position coach, John Smith, a longtime defensive coordinator. What did you kind of learn from those guys? I don't know how much interaction maybe you had with Coach Spack after he recruited you. I think he maybe was the linebackers coach here. Yeah. So Brock was here only for a couple more years after he recruited me, um, but certainly was instrumental in you know helping me learn more about Charleston and getting me to campus and establishing that relationship. And we have stayed in touch over the years. Coach Melvin was my defensive line coach every single day for five years as a student athlete. Um, Ironically, once I transitioned from player to coach, he had an opportunity and transitioned um, away from Eastern. So I didn't get to work with him on a daily basis um, as the defensive line assistant. Um, But boy, was he a huge influence on my life as well. I mean, probably more than anything from a work ethic standpoint and from a toughness standpoint, just physically and mentally. Um, He really knew how to push us and and, um, help us be better players, but most importantly, just be uh, gritty or tenacious um, in anything that we that we attempted to do. Um, John Smith was a guy that was awesome. You know, I knew that Smitty, as we called him, was was the wizard of the defense with longtime defensive coordinator. Um, certainly, always uh, given us a chance to be successful. While I was a player, you know, we upset number one Northern Iowa out on O'Brien Field when Kurt Warner's playing quarterback for him, and you know, you got guys like I think Kenny Shed maybe the year before. But uh, anyway. Um, John was always going to give us a chance and do some unconventional things and would always tinker with things just a little bit. We were a little bit unconventional at times, um, but but always gave us a chance. And so having played for him and then having a chance to work side by side with him, he was a guy that I really, really paid close attention to, just his attention to detail and, and seeing the big picture um, and doing whatever it took to give ourselves a chance to be successful defensively. Um, and then on the offensive side, certainly just a guy that I spent a ton of time with while I was a player, even though he was the offensive coordinator, um, and then transitioning to working side by side with him, eventually him being the OC and me being the DC. My last year here, Roy Whitkey was a huge influence um, on me as well. You know, Roy, just from um, 
the ability to be humble, maintain his composure, uh, his cerebral approach to the game, um, his ability just to relate and communicate with people was was second to none. So, uh, so many guys, I learned so many different things from here and just have been really, really blessed. But certainly it all culminated with, with Coach Spoo. Um, now, the other things that happened during your, your tenure here at Eastern Illinois, when you came in as a player, you guys played in the Gateway Conference, which has kind of over time transitioned to what people now know as the Missouri Valley Football Conference, a, lo- a little different makeup there. Your first kind of years as a coach, you guys won the Gateway Conference, but then transitioned in the Ohio Valley Conference. What was that like seeing that transition and maybe more so maybe the styles of football that were played in each one of those leagues? Sure. It was very different. Um, you know, going back to when I was playing, you know, people were still in the eye. There wasn't a whole lot of shotgun. You know, if you got into 11 personnel, that was kind of considered spread offense back then. But the old Gateway Conference was very hard hat and lunch pail, a lot of run and play action pass, um, some physical football teams. Um, and it was great. And it was hard and it was competitive every single week. And certainly we were fortunate to win that my first year coach and our last year in the Gateway Conference. Then we transitioned into the OVC. Um, you know, we had a, a playoff run that first year, but we were able to win a league championship in my last year here. So four trips to the playoffs, two conference championships on the front end and back end and certainly six winning seasons in seven years while we were here. But the transition to the OVC, the biggest difference was the geographic areas of the country. Still some very, very good football, um, physical, fast. The game started to evolve a little bit, and it became just a little more wide open. So um, certainly we were seeing a little more of the spread, and, and, and we started to evolve ourselves a little bit uh, with Tony during my last four years and, and throw it around um, quite a bit more. You know, 95, our team was really built off of run and play action pass. Um, and Pete Mock and Willie High and Chris Hicks and a number of other guys on offense and our offensive line and then playing complementary defense. But towards the end, Tony um, was a guy that, you know, if we needed to, could certainly throw it 50 times a game. And and if we, we played SIBO out here in a driving rainstorm, and I don't know if we attempted a forward pass. So um, it's one of those interesting little stats. But Now, for you, have you tell me the story kind of in your own words. I've, I've heard different – I guess, versions of the story or iterations of, of the story. But I know it must have been, I think, your senior year. Eastern did not get off to a great start. Coach Spoo was in at the time. It had been a contract year for him and things done a little bit differently then. And EIU, I think at some point in time during that season, he was told that if they didn't finish with maybe a, a 500 record or with some significant improvement, that him and the staff would be let go. I've heard that – I know there was a locker room meeting – I, I've heard more recently that you were maybe one of the guys that kind of spearheaded that. How did that maybe come about? How did you guys hear that Coach Spoo was, was possibly even on the fence that year? So I, we were very aware as players, um, you know, the love that we had for Coach Spoo um, and not wanting to let him down. And, and our whole goal as we came in was to try to leave the program in a better place than we found it. You know, that's what Bob talked about on a daily basis. And we did know at the beginning of my senior year that if we didn't win six games, um, they were probably going to try to make a change at the head football coaching position. And here we were my senior year. We were two and five. We were two and four. and We were on the road in Macomb um, at Western Illinois. And uh, we had played well for about a half and we didn't finish very well. And and certainly that loss took us to two and five. And there was no room for error um, remaining. And, and, um, you know, I think there were some players that were frustrated. There were some coaches that were frustrated. Um, And as a captain, I hadn't been a super vocal guy during my uh, senior year at times. And um, I think the frustration finally boiled over. And so after that game in the locker room in Macomb, we did certainly have uh, players and coaches. um, And I was able to articulate 
some things that I thought maybe needed to change. And, um, you know, whether that had anything to do with it or not, who the heck knows. But I know we were, um, you know, even the next week we played at home and we were playing the Sycamores and we were actually down, I think, 21 to 7 in the first quarter. Um, and things didn't look so good. But we came back, we won that game, we won the last three, so we won the last four in a row to get to six and five. Um, Bob did get a one-year extension, and then the next year we're 10-1 and one and you know win the Gateway Conference Championship in our last season there. So, um, again, there, there's a lot of guys played a role in that success. Um, guys in my class, guys that were younger than me, guys like Tim Carver and Pete Mock and Willie High and Chris Hicks and, you know, Charlie Roach and – uh, just as so many people, um, it was a group effort, but um, there was certainly uh, some emotion, I guess, after that loss in Macomb. But hey, we were just thrilled at the very end of the journey to be able to right the ship and give Coach another opportunity. Um, and then it, you know, the rest of it was kind of history. So now you talked about that that Coach gave you an opportunity. You were looking at possibly just being a high school coach. You had mentioned already you were engaged. For those that don't know, you married your wife is Sharna. McEwen at the time, now Wilkerson, Sharna was a a softball player here at Eastern Illinois, and down the road we're going to have her as a guest on one of these podcasts as well, but we'll let you give your version of how, how she got to Eastern Illinois, oh. and then maybe how the two of you guys met. Oh boy, that's a beauty. So, you know, my wife is from Brisbane, Australia, Sharna, and um, she came to Charleston the year after I did, um, so I came in the fall of 1990, and she came in the fall of 1991. And, and the story of how she even found out about Eastern Illinois is pretty interesting. The, the coach at the time, Kathy Aronson, had gone to do a, a pitching and catching clinic or gone to a clinic down under in Australia. And Sharna was working at a bank, had already graduated high school, and was ready to join the police academy. Um, and she came to this clinic as a catcher, and Coach Aronson really liked what she saw and said, hey, have you thought about coming to the States? You could trade your athletic skill set for an education. We, you know, we've got scholarships. And lo and behold, she thought about it, talked with her family, and decided to take the scholarship sight unseen. So here she comes from Australia, from Brisbane, Australia, to Charleston, Illinois, sight unseen in the fall of 1991, and she walks in uh, to the Lance Gymnasium Complex, and she's looking for Coach Aronson. And um, they go knocking on the softball coach's office door, and, hey, who are you? I'm Sharna McEwen, I'm the new catcher. Where's Coach Aronson? Well, uh, Coach Aronson is actually gone off. I think she had gone to Yale at that point in time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm Beth Crane, I'm the new softball coach. So the coach had left, um, you know, this is pre-internet. Um, so it was very different. Anyway, they, they, Hey, we found the scholarship papers. Everything's good. Glad to meet you. Mom's here. We we're just missing one thing, just missing your SAT or ACT score. And lo and behold, she didn't really know anything about that. Yeah. So, um, she, she made her way to Charleston. They ended up, you know, it was fine. Some, some of the administration did a phenomenal job in, um, um, of allowing her to uh, find international aid and then stay and basically redshirt, petition the NCAA after she did take the test and get the score needed. She never ended up using the year, but um, it was it was a an amazing journey just for her to get here. And so everybody knew Sharna as the Australian catcher <laughs> on campus. The flag would fly out of the softball field, and you could hear her thick accent, you know, behind the plate if you went out to the games and. You know, we had some of the same classes and things. And so we knew each other right from the get-go, but certainly got to know each other more and more as time went on and um, dated the end of my junior year, all of my senior year, and, and certainly then um, got engaged and, and got married following. But um, it was quite the journey uh, for her to, to make her way here, but I'm certainly glad. It's a big part of my experience here, you know, certainly having uh, got my education, got my start in my profession, having met my wife, 
Um, she's actually got three degrees or two degrees, you know, and then I've got the one. Um, I think um, she was a much better athlete than I was. That's for sure. She was a much more accomplished student athlete than I was. Um, but uh, it, it, it's it's been really surreal seeing some different places where we did meet or where we would walk from classes and walking out the back of Old Main the other day or, um, you know, uh, walking through Lance Gym and seeing some of the classrooms that I would wait outside when she would come out of class and things like that. But no, it's, it's pretty surreal. Now you guys, then you go from, you start as probably what was called at the time a restricted earnings coach. Just, those terms aren't allowed anymore. They're essentially just don't pay guys nowadays, but they don't have an, an official title. You move your way all the way up to, to defensive coordinator here, but then opportunity knocks and you get an opportunity to move to the FBS level, which most coaches, that's their, their end goal. What was that opportunity like? Kind of how did that come about? Yeah, it was, it was Eastern Illinois Connections. Um, you know, again, we had been here straight here the seven years after graduation, and um, it was awesome. And like I said, six winning seasons in seven years, four trips to the playoffs, having fun every single day. I knew Tony was coming back as our senior quarterback the next year. Um, you know, we felt really good about what was going on. And then the year before, Charlie Roach had left and gone to San Jose State um, and become part of Fitz Hill's original staff out there. And Fitz had been a longtime coach at the University of Arkansas, and he had taken over San Jose State University, BCS, or FBS, football, bowl subdivision, football program in San Jose, California. And um, he lost a guy to, to a staff in St at Stanford that opened a spot on the staff out there. Charlie mentioned my name to Coach Hill. Coach Hill reached out to me. And Certainly when I was approached about this opportunity to go to California, um, I had mixed emotions. I wasn't sure about leaving. And so I leaned on Coach Spoo. And I, I came in and we had multiple conversations about the opportunity and he was phenomenal. He said, Chris, you know, you, you've, you've done some great things here, but this is an opportunity. You never know when these things will come about. You need to get some different places and meet some other people and learn some different ways. Um, you know, Sharn and I had not started our family yet, so it was pretty easy to pick up and go. And, Lo and behold, you know, we went out to California and, and it was an amazing experience. And, um, you know, having coached there was, was fun. We got to certainly experience FBS football or, um, you know, we played the Buckeyes in the Horseshoe the year they won the national championship with Claret and Trussell. We played the Gators in the Swamp. Uh, we played Seattle, uh, the Huskies in Seattle a couple times, played Stanford on the farm every single year. We beat the University of Illinois in Champaign um, when they were coming off having played in the Sugar Bowl uh, the previous New Year's. So, um, it was it was a really 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 um, exceptional experience out there and a great learning opportunity. Now it's interesting that that you talk about Coach Spoo wanting coaches to have those opportunities. I remember when he passed away a couple years ago. They did an article with Dino Babers up at Syracuse, and people were talking about the influences. And he talked about the coaching tree that Coach Spoo had. And when you start to look at those names, and several of those people have sat in the chair you're in now, but some other names, Coach Babers has gone on, of course, to Syracuse and. You, you look at, he never wanted to hold people back. He was never selfish from that standpoint. And I think that's something that I think made coaches and players maybe want to play for him. There is no question. His tree is huge. Um, and he was always going to try to hire the best people that he could that were a fit here. And then he was going to be supportive if they had opportunities. And he knew part of his job was to continue to surround our players with uh, the best coaches that, that we could possibly find. And I have utilized that same philosophy. Um, a lot of that has to do with, again, the way that I was treated um, by, with coach. You know, I've, I've tried to surround myself with the best coaches possible. I'm thrilled with the staff that we've been able to assemble here. Guys with just a multitude of championship experience, but as good of football coaches as they are, they're even better people. 
and yes, they are going to bust their tails and we are going to um, work very, very hard every single day here. Um, but if and when they do have opportunities, and I know they will, I'm going to be supportive of those as well. If they're going to be a good opportunity for them professionally, long term, in terms of them growing. And I think that's the biggest thing is just when you allow people a chance to continue to learn and grow, um, I think it's very easy for people to stay and, and want to be part of it. And, and Coach was um, a huge influence on so many different people that um, worked here and that were able to touch so many different players. Now, you talked briefly about your staff, and we're, you just announced that the, the, the last couple of days. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But um, you, you talk about, so you go to San Jose, to opportunity there, and as, as people know, sometimes winning is the most important thing at FBS levels, and, and staffs don't maybe always get the amount of time they need to kind of to build things there. You get an opportunity at Dartmouth as the defensive coordinator. So an entirely different coast and a probably different, entirely different approach to the type of student-athlete you're trying to get. It definitely was. Uh, it doesn't get much different, that's for sure. And, and you know, the story how I ended up at Dartmouth is pretty unique too. I I had met a guy back in the mid '90s um, after I had been hired full time here when I spoke at a Decatur uh, High School Coaches Association clinic. This guy took a lot of notes, and at the end, he said, "You got a bright future. Stay in touch with me." Um, and he gave me his business card. His name was Buddy Tevens, and uh, he was at the University of Illinois at that point in time. Buddy left there to go to Florida, then became the head coach at Stanford. Well. It wasn't a week after uh, Fitz and our staff got fired at, at San Jose State that Buddy had gotten dismissed at, at Stanford. And so, you know, here I am with my wife, and, and uh, we had our first two children, Bella and Peyton, in the Bay Area. Peyton was only a couple months old now, three months old, and, and Bella was probably 20 months old, 21 months old, um, and we had been dismissed. And so, you know, you're a little nervous. Yeah. And I knew getting into this, there's two types of coaches, those who have been fired and those who will be fired. Coach had told me that in, back when I started um, but the reality of it and having the two young kids and being in the Bay Area was um, nerve-wracking, to say the least. But it was a week later, and, and I got a call from Buddy Tevens, and he said, hey, you know, what do you think about coming out east and be my defensive coordinator? I think I'm going to go back home to Dartmouth College. And I joke with Coach Tevens to this day that I said, it sounds great to me. I'm super thrilled. I knew it was an Ivy League school, but I was not 100% sure where it was. <laughs> so I knew it was in the Northeast somewhere in New England, but I wasn't sure if it was in Western Mass, upstate New York, Eastern Vermont. It turns out it was in Hanover, New Hampshire. But uh, it was another great experience for me. Um, you know, we had our third child out there. Um, we certainly laid a foundation for, for what they have become now. And, and um, I continued to learn and evolve and grow. And so it was another great learning experience for me. Now, from there, that opportunity probably set you up in the type of student athlete you were recruiting at an Ivy League school for to be the head coach at the University of Chicago. Being a Midwest guy, uh, my guess is that you were probably always looking to move you and your family back to the central part of the country. Absolutely. Um, that was a big part of the draw, and then certainly the opportunity to be a head football coach. Um, you know, that's something that I, as I told people earlier, I, I dreamed about being the head football coach at Eastern Illinois University since the first day that I walked on the field out at O'Brien in 1995 in, in coaching um, as opposed to playing out there on the, on the field. And it's something that I had thought about every single day and was very meticulous about in learning things in California and learning things in New Hampshire and then having the opportunity to be a head coach and try to utilize all the different things that I had learned over the years, whether it be offensive or defensive or special teams or whether it be relationship building um, or player development or recruiting or fundraising, all the different things that I had learned, I felt like I would have a chance to um, continue to work and sharpen um, and then obviously have the body of work with the wins and losses associated with it. And so 
Um, Chicago was a place that had not had a whole lot of success, and, and we do feel like we had um, certainly established a, a great deal of success there, but when this opportunity came, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, just the opportunity to come home um, and achieve a lifelong dream. And so, um, you know, like I said, I'm a believer that things happen for a reason, but I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here and, and super excited about the future. Now, you started the University of, of Chicago, I think nine years there as the head coach, so this is your 10th season. Second stop as a head coach. What did you maybe learn there in that first year as a head coach that is something that you told yourself, when I get my next head coaching job, that's something I want to do maybe a little bit differently that time? Sure. I think the biggest thing, when I got hired uh, at Chicago, I got hired officially on August 5th. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, you know, the preseason that year at Chicago started August 15th with the players showing up. So I only had 10 days just to get to know the coaches before the kids showed up for the very first preseason. Um, that was uh, a very chaotic experience, but um, one that, again, helped shape, you know, um, who I am and, and Hey, you just find a way and you only do things, you do things one thing at a time. And so, yes, having come from Chicago to here, we certainly have a, a lot more time to get to know the players, to get to know the coaches, what guys do well, what they don't, um, how to play very good complimentary football, how to establish our culture, how to build relationships. And those are going to be the most important things. Um, so we got that time, but... Um, things are on a much grander scale here. And so it certainly still was, you know, having um, the offer and accepting the offer and then talking to my team and saying goodbye and coming and meeting the guys and then coming here and spending time with the coaching staff and then, um, you know, going through the press conference and then going through recruiting. Um, it has really, really been still every single day uh, drinking through a fire hose, um, if you will. Um, and I say every day, hey, I come in and I've, I'm a lot. I'm a lot smarter today than I was yesterday, uh, and I know I'm going to be a lot smarter tomorrow. So, we're continuing to get to know each other. We we're in the middle of what we call uh, winter conditioning in football school, and so uh, we had a great workout with the guys this morning. Super super excited about their effort and their energy, um, and again, we're going to get to know each other uh, very closely. But just very excited about the future. Now at Chicago, we mentioned you were there nine years. Had some success there. Looked like you guys kind of became offensively really a, a potent team, which surprises people when they find out that your background is defense. But in getting to know you here along the way, you realize that one of the things to be a successful coach is you have to tutor yourself in all three phases. What did you maybe, is that something that you learned and picked up when you went to the University of Chicago or did you maybe learn that somewhere else along the way? No, so the transition actually happened at Dartmouth. So I actually spent the first 14 years of my career on defense or 13 years or 13 and a half years and the last 14 on offense. Um, you know, and so I had an opportunity to transition to the offensive side of the football at Dartmouth and it was a great experience for me. And I always said if I ended up being a position coach uh, and going back to defense, that I'd be such a better football coach just having learned things a little bit differently or having um, gotten the idea of what they're teaching and why they're teaching it and what they see on the offensive side. And so um, it, that part of it has been great. So pretty much balanced 50-50 in terms of offensive and defensive number of years of experience, certainly special teams all on the way. But I think that does allow you um, the ability to be involved in all three phases and certainly make sure, hey, when you're going through the hiring process that you're hiring guys that you trust in all three phases and that you can have those conversations 
ultimately, again, you got to lean on your coordinators. Um, I'm super blessed here. Coach Grizz is, is going to do a phenomenal job with our defense. Coach Davis is going to do a phenomenal job with our offense. And I know Coach Derrickson is going to do a phenomenal job with our special teams. But we're working through some stuff behind closed doors right now and making sure that um, we're going to do what our kids do best and give them a chance to be successful. But, yeah, we, we certainly um, evolved. Uh, again, the timing or me being hired there, we started in the eye. Um, you know, that was um, some different offensive football, and that's what they had, and that's what the kids knew, and we only had 10 days to get to know each other before the players showed up. So we, we didn't make drastic changes, but we slowly evolved and became basically a spread team. Um, you know, they, we've talked to our team about this currently, and people get enamored with the styles whether it's an air raid or whether it's a pro style or whether it's a West coast or whether it's a, and what we like to say is we are going to be an advantage based offense. We're going to be an offense that's going to score points. We're going to be an offense that is going to play winning football. Um, same thing on defense. Hey, we're going to be an advantage based. We're going to be a, a multiplicity through simplicity. And, and it's very similar with the, with the offensive phases. Our, our philosophy is going to be to adjust what we do to play to the strengths of the, of the, of the players that we have in our program. Um, but, but no, it's been uh, quite the journey, and I've, I've had a chance to work certainly with all three phases and, and very excited about that. Now, you mentioned briefly there the, the couple coordinators that you had, Adam Gristick, who's been on the staff now for five years. You're the third different head coach that, that he will be on a staff with, played here at Eastern for – started with Coach Spoo, ended up with um, – actually, he played for three different coaches as well. Has coached for three different coaches, so has run the gamut in terms of experiences here at Eastern Illinois. You promoted him to be your defensive coordinator – Joe Davis, your offensive coordinator. As the head coach, did you, when in hiring the staff, did those coordinators have say in kind of how you did it? Or as the head coach, did you kind of have an idea of how you wanted to put together the first staff and down the road, maybe the coordinators would have more say in how that staff's put together? Uh, it, was, it was absolutely a group effort. Um, you know, Joe uh, had done some interviewing early on in, in terms of offensive candidates. And then when I got here and, and certainly had a chance to meet with him, um, we, we uh, established a great relationship and, and certainly talked and made sure that we were both comfortable with the people that we brought to the table. And it's a collaboration, um, to be honest with you. Same thing on defense. Coach Grizz had, had certainly um, known some people. I had known some people. Um, collaboratively, we're able to try to put together the best group of people that we think are going to give our guys, that we know that we're going to give our guys a chance to be successful, um, help them develop, but most importantly, be just the best people mentors for our student athletes. So uh, it was a group effort, um, absolutely. And hey, you know, part of the job, again, is as we talked about earlier, is you'd be supportive of guys having opportunities as assistant coaches. And so part of your role as a head coach is to continue to keep um, tabs on guys that you think will be young and up and comers and and guys that would be good fits if and when there are opportunities for them. So I, I have got a list of another 15 or 20 guys that I really, to be honest with you, would have loved to bring to Eastern Illinois University. But um, the timing, the situation, and the numbers just don't allow it. So, hey, you continue to maintain those relationships. And if and when the opportunity provides itself, if they're the right fit at that point in time, then you approach them about those situations. Okay. We're going to fast forward now, probably about four or five months. It's going to be early September. I'm not so worried about your emotions the first game on the road at Northern Illinois because you've been a head coach before. That would normally be the softball question I would throw you about what it's like. My question is more, what is it going to be in week two when you run out as the head coach at Eastern Illinois at a home game for the first time when you've dreamed about being in that role since 1995 here at O'Brien Field? Yeah, I, um, you know, I'll be very honest with you. I haven't, I haven't 
actually thought that far forward just because <laughs> something is going on every single day here. But, um, you know, now that, now that you put that question to me, I would think that it would be extremely emotional. Um, but, you know, you'll be so focused on, on the preparation and, and the game uh, activities and the management and everything else that goes on on game day that it'll be a blur. You know, it's just something that as a head coach, you don't actually get to enjoy as much. You don't really just get a chance to look around. Um, you you kind of go through the grind and, hey, you get out there and you get your chance to compete. And the next thing you know, you blink and it's over. And, hey, you're back in the submarine and you're preparing for the next one. Um, during the season, a, a lot of the days uh, run into each other. But, you know, um, it just, again, it's something that I haven't actually given much thought to. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I do recall my very, very, very first game, though, as a head coach, and we were actually on the road at Beloit College, and it just happened to be not too far from where Coach Spoo had retired in Rockford. And I remember Coach and Katie and Susie coming to the game, and I can remember being scared to death, not because of being the head football coach, because I didn't want to let Coach down. Um, and seeing him after the game was probably one of the greatest memories I have in college football. The hug that I got and... Uh, we, we, we pitched a shutout and coach was, oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Chris, that was awesome. And, oh, it was just, that's one of my greatest memories. Um, and I, I, I know this, I know this. Um, when we get a chance to play at home, uh, it's a special place for me and a lot of other people, but, but certainly I know that um, Coach Spoo is going to be watching no matter where we play. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate your time. We'll end on that, that note there and that sentimental note. Before we get you in tears here so yeah. you start to think about all the memories. Appreciate your time, Coach. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me.